the Martin Best to Drive. Did you, you grow up in PE? I did. I grew up in PE. I live in George now on the Garden Route, but I grew oh, up fantastic. in PE was always my hometown. Um, now, going back to, to a horrible time in your life, I mean, a lot of people call you brave and, and exceptional, which is both things you are and so many other things. How long did it take you to come to grips with what happened? You know, Martin, it's so hard to, to put times to it because people often ask me because they want to know for themselves maybe, and I think it's different for each person. Um, for me, I mean, obviously the being attacked, almost losing my life, it was physically I was badly injured, so I had that to get over. I think it took about a year before physically I felt well. People forget that. They want yeah. to hear the emotional dealing mm. with it, but physically. Oh, when I, had to, I was out of hospital, but I had to go back daily for quite a few months and then had a second operation a year later, and then only after that sort of felt more physically. Which in a way, in hindsight, I think helped me Because I didn't have to emotionally deal with stuff immediately I was more dealing with the pain and the physical So it almost delayed the emotional until I felt stronger I went through a difficult time There was a time when I thought, okay, this is it, my life's not over But I felt that I would never be happy again I would sure. never be um, And then, but I, I suppose it was a conscious decision It, it was, I, I remember one day saying to myself Why did you fight so hard to live that night if you're going to allow it to be like this? Wow you might as well have actually given up and died if you're going to be living this half depressed. And I think it was just a challenge to myself of just get up and, you know, I, I hated them for a time. And they were in my daily life because of that. And I think that was my the time when I started thinking I actually need to not forgive them in a way that I think what they did was okay, but put them away so that I'm not, I wasn't thinking. So I, I just became neutral about them. They're in jail. They're there. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be hatred. And that, that I was able to... I think those are the things that we carry with us that then harm us, not the person we're hating. It harms us. Correct. When you say forgive them or deal with them, it's not about them. No. It's about you. Well, because because my actually my anger, my hatred, my kind of resentment for having helped this whole thing happen was more... If they say they're sorry, I might... Cons- and then, then I was thinking, but I'm giving them control now no. over, over where I'm going to be in my life. So that was became almost a stubborn decision just to let them go. Um, and that was when the turning point came for me. I think it was also people starting to ask me to talk about what had happened to me publicly. Sure. Um, and then I saw the response in people to, you know, be, I don't think, I, I don't see myself as brave. I just see myself as wanting to live. But the fact that people did and the fact that people held me up as a hero and as an icon and as an inspiration, um, it helped me because I was able to start seeing some good coming out of this. And so there is, there was the key really. That, that I think in anything, when, when a bad thing happens, it doesn't make the bad go away, but if we can find a reason or a purpose or a lesson or something, a growth in it, mm. we can balance somehow the evil. And bad. isn't that like a commonality in anybody's life, life at any given point in time? That's life. That, that's in fact what I talk about when I do my talks. My overall message is that we don't control the stuff that happens. What you we, don't. But we do control how we respond. Correct. And people sometimes don't want to, they want to blame the thing. Exactly. I often we use, all do. Yeah, I mean, I, I use a very common example sometimes when I do my talks of a traffic jam. We get stuck in a traffic jam, we have it in a foul mood the whole day because mm-hmm. of it, and we blame the foul mood on the traffic jam. On the so traffic some, jam. So some client phones you and say, oh, I'm sorry I'm in such a bad mood, but it was the traffic jam. The traffic jam is an inanimate thing. It had no power over you whatsoever. You're giving it power, right? Yeah. Was it important for you at, uh, at the time or now or any point in your life that, um, that they were sorry? Uh, it was at that time when I was holding on to it. And I, and I, it was just, they were just so inhumane. Even through the court case, the, the, the press actually commented on it because they, if they'd even shown anger at me at the court case for having lived, because I mean, obviously they were now caught because I lived, but they showed nothing. And I think for me as a person, I found that hard to deal with because I was mm. always someone who, 
I believe that there has to be good in people. Maybe they don't know it themselves and they don't show it, but I just believe that it's there. And to be faced with two people where I didn't see it at all, I couldn't find it. In fact, my therapy at a time was very much dealing with psychopaths, the, the, the makings of a psychopath in order to understand them. And my therapist, after a few sessions, said, Alison, do you really want to? Because if you understand them, you've got to have some form then of, of accepting it, that it's there. Mm. Do you really want to accept it? And I kind of decided, no, I didn't. So I've just put them in a place where I don't understand how they are. I don't understand how someone like that could not be sorry, but whether they are or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's where I'm at. And a question that you must have dealt with that I think a lot of, you know, it's not the first question that comes to mind, but it definitely is in the top ten questions. Why? <laughs> Why? Why them? Well, yeah, why me? Why, why, exactly. why you? Why them? Why did they? Um, is it an important question to ask when you faced with, a, a, you know, a horrific, you know, uh, something that happens to anybody? Is it an important question to deal with? Why? I think it can hold you back if you're asking the wrong whys. Okay. And I think that um, because you can ask, why me? Why did it happen to me? Why? But why then, would they? Yeah, why, 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 why was I? Because, I mean, there were two other girls whose cars they tried to get into that night. But then you start asking, if it wasn't me, then what would have been someone else? Uh, I think, why did they do it? That's the, the, that's the enigma of a psychopath that really I can't understand why they do They wouldn't even know. I mean, they, well, they had a bri. They went out to find a girl to rape and kill. That was their plan. Now, you and I cannot get our heads around two people deciding that. But they that's how they... So, for me, though, the whys were more... I, st- I, I was able to look at at the good things that happened. Why? Like, why, when I was, got to a road that was a complete abandoned road, there were cars that actually came and they were able to help me. So as much as I could ask why me, I could also ask why did the cars come at the right time? Why was That's there powerful. a specialist doctor at the hospital for throat surgery when I got there that he was able to fix my throat? Exactly. So, so we That's can, the life lesson for all of us. Yeah, and I think that's the way we put our focus. We put our focus always on the negative and we become a negative person. And I'm not saying the negative doesn't happen. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it doesn't happen. Yes, there was a horrible thing. But you can also look at the, what, at the positives. And that's, I think, just where I choose... Yeah. I, want, I want to be happy in my life, so I sort of choose to look at those things rather. And that is just a life lesson for everybody, whether you're dealing with something small mm. and, and, that you can make out of a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> because and listen, I don't always get it right. I mean, I'm, yeah. not, standing, I'm not sitting here thinking I, I, I don't always, but I think the more you do it, exactly. the more it becomes a habit and the more inclined you are to think that way, mm. looking at the positive, and the, more, and the easier it feels because you're in the habit of doing it. Was it difficult for you to go public, um, to do talks, making a movie or do you feel some kind of um she's i don't want to i don't want to say obligation obligation it's because that's how i feel is it i did it first Mm. um you know at first my story was in the paper without my choice really because it was just a news of course it was a news item nationally internationally yeah i was on cnn i can almost be proud of that but, (laughs) (laughs) but um the, the, the choice came when I was asked to actually give a personal interview. And to be honest with you, I really thought it would be one. I, I really thought I would give one interview. And, I, and my reason behind doing it, I remember speaking to my mom, I was still in hospital. And I said, do you think it would help someone else avoid being in the same situation? Sure. Or someone who's been through the same situation, do you think it would help mm-hmm. them? Just by telling my side of the story. Because at that time, there was no inspiration or mm-hmm. lessons learned. It was just literally... I was. I had been silly. I had been. Un, I'd locked, I hadn't locked my car doors. They'd been able to get in my car. I just had not been careful with myself. Um, so it was really just for the the lesson that might teach someone else. Then, of course, it became something where people asked me, "Please come." And then I started realizing mm. that there was something that they were seeking. And that's the obligation part of it was something that I 
was happy to honor mm. because the support that I'd received, especially in PE, obviously being, a, being my hometown, but sure. around the country and the world, I felt, I felt that, that it was what I, what I had to give the people. You know, I've, I often say it as well. When we have a, a, something happen to us, to have the lessons and just keep them to yourself is almost selfish because other people, if they can learn from your life lesson without having to go through the same thing, then isn't it that much more worth it that you went through it at all? Because now, you know, other people are able to gain from it. And that's how I've seen doing my talks. And of course, they, it's lovely to meet the people. It's lovely of to course. meet them there and tell me how it made a difference. And now with the book and the movie, people have seen and they're personally involved in the story. They had that book when they went through something and they tell me that story or they've seen the movie now and it's moved them in some way. Satisfying. It's lovely, lovely to hear. It really is. But isn't that how community and society should work? I know. I mean, if you look at the, at the construct of communities going way back in time, you always have, I mean, many years ago, probably the elders. Yes. So you'd gather around the feet of the elders, you mm. know, and be more experienced. I mean, I say, I say to the, when I have ladies' days, the ladies would gather around the cooking fire at the yes. end and, and the little girls would learn from the, from the older ladies' stories. And that's how that's we would. Now we on WhatsApp and we on around the TV and we're not talking to each other. And I think we miss out on a lot of you miss out shared lessons, shared life stuff. Exactly. And I was thinking about the other day. We should take more time to ask the elderly. Yeah. You know, the more experienced somebody else who went through something similar than you. Definitely. Um, ask, share. Yeah. That's that's really what di- differentiates the human race. From you know yeah. <laughs> anything and, else, and another thing, some people say, "Yeah, but why do why do I talk about it? Doesn't it keep something negative alive? Don't I relive it?" Number one, I don't relive it because I think I've shared it now so many times that it becomes a story I tell. So yes, the telling actually is personally healing, in that you don't cry every time anymore. So you know, some people don't want to talk about things because they, they, they it's too painful. But I think also just yeah, just, just talking about it and knowing, as I said, that some other person might learn from it, or or not, or, or have a different experience that they can then share as well, as you say. It's a and let's be honest, in all of our lives, you know, there's going to be something painful, whether it's someone broke your heart. And we only learn in the painful times. That's the thing. <laughs> it's the truth. And in everybody's life, there's going to be something painful. Mm. The degrees may vary, but there's going to be something painful. And it's always going to be there if you're allowed to have power over you in a mm. bad way. Or it's always going to be there when you're allowed... To Not be a to, lesson or to know, be to a be growth. A lesson, to be yeah. positive. So the book is out uh, and, 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 and now there is a movie. Yes. I mean, the book has sold and continues to sell. 90,000 oh, copies, I think. It's, That's it's amazing. amazing. It is. Yeah. It's lovely. You, you have to get you. What's the book's name again? I Have Life. I Have I Life. Have, if I you've never life. gotten your hands on this book, go and get your hands on this book right now. Read it. Share it. <laughs> Thank you, now, the movie. <laughs> The movie Allison. It's called Allison. It's easy to remember. Tell me about that. Um, yes, I've, I've I've been I've been approached many times over the years to do a movie. Um, it was it was something that I was quite cautious of because if I didn't do it with the right person, you know, a movie is a different element. You can't explain mm. where a book you can write five pages to explain someone's feeling. You can't do that in a movie. So I didn't want it to be done wrong. Sure. And it just never was something I had to do until I met Uga Carlini, who's a, a South African uh, director. And she she aims at doing projects that are based on women strong strong women characters and stories and and she just felt right. I think I felt I think what I got apart from how she was going to make the movie, the feeling that I got from her right initially is that she understood why I'm telling my story, that the movie wouldn't just be about the horror. It, there would be that element of inspiration of and of. Of yeah. trying to let the movie also be what the book has been to so many people that it would actually inspire people, inspire the audiences. 
So it was quite a process to do. Goodness me, imagine. I'm telling you, making a movie, that's how I've learned. <laughs> just, the, just the time frames and the people that yeah. get involved and then they're not involved anymore because it didn't work out and the finances that you've got to get before you can do it. So, But last year was the making, the, the filming of it and the editing, which also is a mammoth task. Are you in the movie? It's very much me. It's actually... It's, it's called a hybrid movie. Um, Uga doesn't like to call it documentary because it's so much more than that. But there are elements of documentary in that I'm speaking and sharing the story. She did want that. She didn't want the the actors and actresses because there are elements of reenactment. She didn't want them taking over the story because it's not a fictional story. So I'm actually voiceover in the parts where you see the reenactments as well. And other people, the 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 dent, the, uh, the policeman who who dealt with the case, the judge, the guy who found me on the road, they're all in and being interviewed and in in, in the documentary. Yeah, that is that's incredible. And there are also beautiful elements of of I don't know if I'm getting the right words here, but CGI or whatever the animation yeah, 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 type yeah. thing. Yeah. So they're bringing that elements in as well to make it because the whole movie is presented as a as a fairy tale. And saying, you know, we become our own hero in our stories. And it's not always the happy fairy tale ending that we have <laughs> learned when we're children. Sure. We make our own ending. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that it's never actually ended. We go on with our story for always. And that's the, basically the story behind this, the, the movie. And it's, it's been wonderfully received. It was launched last year in August in Women's Month. And in PE, we had six cinemas, I think 600 people or something cinemas. It's amazing. At the same time. So it's been very well received. I am incredibly um, disappointed that I haven't seen it yet. I'm, oh. I'm dying to see it. I really want to see this movie. Um, where is it showing? How do people see it? Well, at the moment, it's off it's a main cinema release. It was on box office as well, but it is on, available on DVD at all the major Take A Lot, I think, and Musica. And sh- and there is a movie. Um, Where a lot of us go and see movies. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll buy it on DVD. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, and then, and then uh, there is a movie website, Alison the Movie. You can yeah. You can, there's an online shop there But there's It's going to be a screening now uh, On Friday And this is the fantastic This yes. is the fantastic news If you want to see it again Or you haven't seen it yet Listen to this Addison the movie Is going to be Screening at French Toast A lot of people in Gauteng Know uh, French Toast And that is Going to be Tomorrow As in Friday 17 March Tomorrow At French Toast Are you going to be there? I am. That's the exciting part because I'm not often at the premise, but I will actually be there to have a question and answer at the end of wow. the movie. Wow. So you yeah. can watch the movie. You can meet Alison. There'll be a Q&A after the movie as well. If you want to book for this, it's very important. Uh, phone this number right now. 078-592-6953. 078-592-6953. Uh, tickets there are 70 bucks per person. There will be burgers and drinks available. It's going to be a fantastic time. Alison's going to be there. She's never been to French Toast, uh, which is a, a fantastic uh, spot in, in Artis. It really, really is. Yeah, I believe it's open air. Uh, yes, yeah, but no, the guy, it's stunning. He, but Paul was saying to me, if it mm. is going to rain, just so that the people can know, there is another theatre at Pretville to move to, so the people there must stay away. If it's, mo- it's raining, we're still going ahead. This is something you definitely want to see. I see there are no under 16, so obviously, I mean, you're dealing with subject matter here that's not for kids. Yeah, you know, I've, there have been younger kids watching it, I know, but that, but that is obviously the limitations that have been placed because it is, it, there is graphic content. Um, but I think if you got the DVD and you were at home with your child and wanted to watch it with them, not, not much younger, because I think watch it first yourself and then sure. decide. But at the, at the screening, it's only over 60. What was harder for you, the book or the movie? Oh, I mean. d- different uh, reasons th- and both. Uh, you know, the, the book was initially hard because that was closer to the event. Mm. It was the first time I was telling in detail, okay. very much detail about what happened. And doing it with Marianne Tam, who wrote it with me, 
she made me remember. She had to make me remember because she had to write it. Sure. So I couldn't just say to her, I'll never forget, when she, she said, so how were you feeling when you crawled through the bush, you know, holding your intestines? And I would go, well, I was scared. She said, no, but you have to explain that fear to me. Mm. You have to explain in words so that I can understand it and write it. And that was how I had to remember it. Sure. Um, so that was, was cathartic to do because I've never really had to do it in such detail again. Um, but that was hard. And the movie was harder. Was hard also because it's a lot of more more relevant things. I'm I'm divorced now. We spoke about that in the movie, and I don't often talk about that publicly. So, um, the, the movie was was also just the making of a movie, having them in my home, a film crew in your house, and everything that kind of thing. The logistics of doing it were invasive. Were yeah, not in a horrible way, but it was it was exhaustingly yeah. exciting. Put yeah. it that way, yeah. Well, listen, all the best with tomorrow. Um, once again, Alison the movie screening. Alison will be there, question and answer, uh, mingle with her, chat to her. Uh, you know what? I think I'll put that number on our Facebook group if you missed it and you couldn't write it down because you're in the traffic uh, that you can go and uh, book your spot there. Stunning spot in our uh, to be a sport. It's good to see you again. Thanks. You look fantastic. Thank it's you. because you live in such beautiful places like George <laughs> where, where the traffic is definitely less hectic than oh, here and no. the sea is there. Liefde for Amal Dar. And uh, yeah, uh, it's really good catching up with you. And, uh, and thank you for this amazing movie that uh, I cannot wait to see. Please come and see it. The Martin Best to Drive. Just Amanda FM.